0: I've been uh, doing a series on spiritual practices, and uh, it's been excellent. Uh, Hopefully you guys have been getting um, something out of it. And today we are going to continue that, and I am going to be sharing on the spiritual practice of lamenting. Exciting. (laughs) I I have to be honest, I'm not sure I've ever actually heard a um, a message on lamenting. Or the practice of lamenting and uh, you know full disclosure when I was preparing I quite often like to hear what other people are saying about that so I, you know try and find podcasts and you know there's very very few messages on lamenting so anyway here it is I'm going to give it a crack if you've got your Bibles turn to Psalm 13 And uh, if you don't, it's fine. It's up on the screen, so you don't really need it. But Psalm 13 says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises for he has been good to me. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for the reminder that lamenting is a practice of faith. And I just pray that you speak to us here today. I pray that you speak into our lives. And I pray that you uh, yeah, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, it's not a normal message, lamenting. Um, but I'm I'm hoping that through the message, um, we'll walk away with a sense of understanding around the purpose um, and why lamenting is important to us from a spiritual point of view. And the bottom line is lamenting, or you know, being upset. That the, the definition of lamenting is to wail, to grieve, to um, to be in distress uh, about certain things. The the whole um, the whole point of life or the whole fact of life is that lamenting is a part of everything we go through. It's something that we can't escape. We deal with it on a daily basis. And we live in a world where we don't have control over everything. And um, if we could control everything, we probably would never lament about anything. But the fact is we can't control things. And we have a God who Um, is much bigger than us and who um, has a will and sometimes it's really hard for us to understand what God's will is and so that causes us to lament but it is inevitable that we will have reason to lament at some stage in our life and Charles Spurgeon who's a great um, theologian wrote lots of commentaries um, wrote this about Psalm 13 If the reader has never yet found occasion to use the language of this brief ode, he will do so before long, if he be a man after the Lord's own heart, or if he be a person, woman, man, after the Lord's own heart. And things happen in life, and sometimes they don't make sense. And when they don't make sense, it leaves us with... um, a feeling of loss and grief and despair and confusion and disappointment. And at times when we are lamenting and things are confusing and we don't understand what's going on and we cry out to God, sometimes, I think if we're all honest, it can feel like God is the most distant. In those times where we're searching for purpose and we're searching for understanding, it can sometimes feel like God is the furthest away from us. And when things are great, it's easy to feel the spirit of God and to feel like, you know, God is touching everything. But when we are in the pits of darkness, wondering what is going on in our lives, it can feel like God is so far away. And I think what makes it harder for us is in our culture, in our society, in our modern culture, not understanding seems to be not an option. We have... We have to find understanding. We need purpose. It's a human need in us to attach purpose to everything that's happening because it helps to deal and process with emotion. And if you look in any bookshop, including Kurong, which is a Christian bookshop, if you didn't know, the biggest section will be the self-help section. There'll be rows and rows, shelves and shelves of all of these books written by different people that will tell you how to find the answer in your life. And the reason the answer is important is because it'll help you solve a problem. If you have the answer, you can move on. Christian books, you know, pray your way to healing or fast your way to healing or... You know, I'm sure there's millions of other titles that all somehow give you the formula. All of them have the formula to help you deal with whatever it is that you're going through. And I'm not discounting those because there is a lot of really, really good information in those. But I'm talking specifically about those times where things just don't make sense and there is no answer. We as humans have this need to attach understanding and purpose so that we can move on. For some of us, and I am I and this person, and I know some of you will relate, having issues unresolved are really uncomfortable. I cannot deal, <laughs> I can't move on until I have been able to resolve something that's happening in my life. I find it very difficult to function in everyday life if I have this nagging thought in the back of my head around why something is the way that it is. And I know that lots of us are the same. I think um, to give you a, a practical example of how we try and find purpose in all things is quite often when someone passes away that has been sick for a long time, our response is at least they're not suffering anymore. And that is true. That is absolutely true. But we're attaching the purpose of them not suffering anymore to help us deal with the fact that they have passed away. And that is a, a good thing. Or sometimes when things don't go our way, I have said this so many times to myself and people have said it to me over the past you know, five or six years especially, when things don't happen the way you think they should, the response generally is well you know it's just not the right time or God has a plan you know God has a bigger plan there's something better waiting for you and so that gives purpose to why that thing didn't happen because something obviously is bigger and better coming along and we've just got to wait for it but what happens to us when things don't make sense and we can't find understanding or purpose and things just don't match up. No matter how, how hard we try to understand, there just seems to be no purpose for the situation that we're in. God feels silent and distant and we feel lonely and empty. You know, Psalm 13, in the first two verses says, How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Now, I don't want to be bleak and glum, but like Spurgeon said, if you haven't felt that way and you're a Christian after God's own heart, you probably will at some point in your life feel that way. And you might find yourself praying and crying out to God and saying, where are you? Where are you in this situation? Why have you not come to solve this problem for me? And it's difficult because in this world that we live in with self-help books and self-help podcasts and the answers to everything, not understanding makes us feel like there's something missing, there's something wrong with us potentially. And it causes us to question our faith, question our relationship with God, question whether or not we even understand who God is and whether God has spoken to us in our lives before. And I've shared this so many times over the past five years or six years um, about the situation that I've been in, so I'm going to spare you all of the detail because I'm sure you're all as intimate with it as I am, but I have been through a very difficult time over the past six years, and it has to been to do with my work. Now, I understand that having a job is a blessing in the first place because some people's issues is not being able to find a job, and I, I fully recognise that, but for me, the issue was not having a job. It was the circumstances that I found myself in. It wasn't the job at all. It was just the circumstances around that. And I'm sure all of us can relate to that. It's very rarely the thing in front of you, but the circumstances that kind of surround it. And when I look back at it, me getting that job, I absolutely 100% felt like it was a God thing. At the time, and, I'm, and now I will also say I think it was a God thing. But at the time, I was so confident that this was what God wanted me to do. There were some circumstances around it that led me to this job that um, in some ways I didn't even seek it for myself. And it, and it came and I got it and it was amazing. And, you know, it was in so many ways, it was the answer to prayers that we had for a long time. And I felt on top of the world, like... God is amazing and oh, you know the heaps of psalms I should have quoted where you know like God is so close and intimate and everything is you know so great and I've, you know I was just on a spiritual high and very quickly within a few months I knew that things were not great and the circumstances around me started to get really dark and I was put in positions where I was questioning myself and you know questioning whether or not this actually was from God and the question I kept asking myself was if this was from God why am I in this situation why would a loving father why would a God who cares for us and loves us so much why would he put me in this situation and how long am I going to be here for when are you going to answer my prayers God When will this end? How long will you forget me forever? And that's how I felt. Day after day, prayer after prayer. And it got to a point where I just lost all of my confidence, not just in myself and my own ability, but in my ability to even have a relationship with God. Because I felt like I was so distant. I felt like I didn't even know if God was speaking to me right here, whether I would recognize the voice of God. And I prayed and prayed. And in my mind, I thought that getting out of the situation that I was in was the answer that I was looking for. That's what I needed. And so I started looking for other jobs. I shared before I remember when I first started that I felt I prayed and asked God how long I was going to be there for and I remember him saying well I felt like I remember God saying you know it'd be three to five years and so you know the five year mark comes up and I'm you know like looking at my calendar and you know expecting someone miraculously to come and tap me on the shoulder and um but I I was literally looking for jobs every single day If if any of you are familiar with it there's a an app on your phone called Seek and they post all the jobs on there and you can set up your profile and, you know, all of those sorts of things. And so I had the Seek app on my phone and I was looking for jobs four or five or six or seven times a day. I was checking that app relentlessly and constantly waiting for an answer to my prayers, waiting for God to to rescue me from the situation that I was in Because I was not comfortable with where I was at. And I wanted God to change my circumstances. And I even remember sitting in um, meetings sometimes um, in my job. I do have to go to a lot of meetings. And I remember sitting in um, meetings sometimes and just feeling this overwhelming sense of grief in a way, and anxiety about the situation that I was in. I could feel my eyes rolling in the back of my head as I was listening to, you know, different things that we were talking about in this meeting. And during the meeting, I would get my phone and I would literally just, you know, pretend I was looking at an email or something. I'd be looking at the Seek app in the middle of a meeting. (laughs) If anyone ever watches this from work, it's, you know, I'm just joking, but no, it wasn't really... I literally was looking at the seek app in meetings and and at times I had this anticipation and excitement that before I'd open it I'd be like god please let this be the time and you know the funny thing is during that period there were there were a few jobs actually more than a few jobs that had come up that met my criteria 100% I should have walked been able to walk into any of those jobs and do a great job and I applied for lots of different jobs most of the time I didn't even get a response for jobs that I, sh- I should have got a response for I didn't even get a response and on a few occasions I'd get a job interview and I would go to the job interview and on the way to the job interview, I was praising God because I, in my mind, I had, I had decided that this was the answer. I thought to myself, God would not, surely, a loving father would not send me to an interview knowing how desperate I am to get out of this job and get any other job. Surely a God who loves me and cares for me would not, put this carrot in front of me and make me think and give me hope that I'm going to get this job and then take it away from me. And so I'd go to these job interviews with full confidence and I didn't get them. And every time I didn't get it, it just set me back even further and I'd get more hopeless and more faithless And more empty and more lonely, wondering when or where God was. And a few years, more than a few years, of being frustrated and desperate, I just knew that I had to look at things different. And luckily for me, and for all of us, we serve a God who loves us and cares for us and does want the best for us. But sometimes our perspective on life is different to his perspective. And that's a problem. That is, can be definitely a problem when our perspective is different to the way that God sees life. And so, over the past um, year, this year, really, I have been trying to convince myself that it doesn't matter where I'm at. You know, it's all about the person I am, Not, not what I'm doing, but who I am. And that is definitely true. That is true. But I had this nagging anxiety in me and this nagging question of, what if... Ben spoke about this earlier what if things don't change what if this is my lot in life what if this is where God has called me to for the rest of my life and again I've got a great job excellent job amazing job but I couldn't shake this anxiety that this was it and so Over the last few months, God has really um, gracefully been reminding me of a scripture that you've probably heard hundreds of times in church, and it's Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God... Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And of course, don't be anxious. You know, all of those things are great Um, when you read them, they're very hard to put into practice. But the thing that really spoke to me is the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the challenge I felt was that if I want to experience the peace of God, which I do, and I'm sure we all do, I want the peace of God, sometimes I have to give up the need to understand. Because if the peace of God that transcends, that goes above and beyond, that goes forward, if, if the peace of God that transcends all understanding is going to be in my life, then I have to switch my focus from finding purpose and understanding to trust and faith in God. And so the one thing I I forgot to mention um, about this job situation is that from the very beginning, because Because I felt like I had worked my way into this job I have been praying more than anything That I want God's will to be done If it's not of God Then I don't want it I'd rather stay where I am For a long time Or forever if that's what it takes No matter how upset or desperate I get I don't want to move unless it's of God And so For me to find peace in God in my current, under, my current circumstances, I have to let go of the need to understand why I was in that position in the first place. And when I look back on it, because hindsight is always amazing, when I look back on my journey, I can see that God has brought me through these circumstances and made me a better person through the challenges and through the heartache and the pain and the disappointment, the, the despair, the loss, the grief, the all of the, you know, all of the negative feelings, through all of those, I know that God has made me stronger within myself. My faith in God has grown exponentially because I've been in a position where I could not rely on my own understanding. And in those times we have two choices. We hold on to the need to understand and at some point, if you hold on long enough, you'll find understanding. You will, because that's how our brains work. Or you can let go of the need to understand and you can trust that this is all part of God's plan and that He is in control. And so, you guys know we went away um, a few weeks ago and... Um, before that, we were at Life Group, actually, with um, Dan and Tanya, amazing grow group that we go to. And I can't even remember what we were talking about, to be honest. It was something amazingly spiritual, I'm sure. <laughs> but, and we were just spending some time praying. And, and this whole time, in this meeting, I was thinking about the Seek app. <laughs> not because not I was bored. Just because I'm waiting for God to answer a prayer, and in my mind I had connected the Seek app with having this job come up, that um, you know is going to be perfect, and then everything will be okay. So we were sitting in this meeting, and I remember when we were praying, I felt challenged to delete the app. Yeah, Ben already knows this, and yeah, I think he was genuinely, genuinely surprised about it. I felt challenged to delete the app. And it seems like such a stupid thing. It's just an app with jobs on it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. But to me, I had put all of my hope in that giving me the answer. Not, not this, you know. I wasn't turning to this three or four times a day. I wasn't getting on my knees and praying three or four times a day. I was checking my phone and seeing if God had answered my prayer. So anyway, in that meeting, we're praying. Well, they were praying. I was looking at my phone. <laughs> but while I was looking at my phone, I deleted the Seek app from my phone. And I didn't really think it was a big deal. I just thought, well, you know, it is what it is. But the, the purpose for me to delete that was to make a declaration in my relationship with God to put my faith in him and his plan and his purpose and his timing and to step away from what really ultimately would just be a fake imitation of what God can provide for me. And I didn't realise how much, how much purpose I had put into an app on my phone because the next day, I had to remind myself ten to fifteen times that I don't have that app on my phone anymore. And the next day, ten to fifteen times, day after day after day, I made this joke um, to Ben. But it, it it honestly feels like fasting for me, because I'm continually reminding myself that that is not the answer, but God is the answer. And there should be hope and faith and excitement about what God provides. But this message is not about faith in a lot of ways. This message is about lamenting. And the point where I'm at until the point where God does make it clear what his plan is, if that ever happens, from now until then, I'm positive that I will go through a process of lamenting the situation and seeking understanding and and God in where I'm at. And a lot of us here have had heartache and pain and trouble and disappointment and confusion and despair in our lives about different situations. I'm sure all of you here most of you here at least, could get up here and preach this same message about how you have felt empty and lost and that you have felt like God is so far away and you're struggling to understand why certain situations are what they are. And the thing about lamenting is, is that it's okay. It's actually a good thing it's not bad. We shouldn't try and protect ourselves all the time from some of those harder feelings that we go through. Culturally and in our society, like I was saying before, we've become so uncomfortable with discomfort. We, don't, we are told constantly that we don't have to suffer. There's no reason for us to be upset. There's so many things out there that can help us. I don't want to even go through the whole list, but, you know, there are so many things out there that can help us deal with everyday life. And again, I'm not, I don't, this is not about saying they're wrong, because they're not. But sometimes, it's actually okay to just sit and lament about the situation. Just... To give us comfort that even Jesus himself set the example for us to take our request to God and lament. And in Mark 14, 32, when they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, I don't have this one up there. It says, they went to a place Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to deeply, he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he said, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. This is Jesus saying that he is deeply distressed. And that his soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And even on the cross, even on the cross, just before he passes away, even on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And sometimes I think we feel like we shouldn't lament. We shouldn't be upset. We shouldn't tell people that we're going through a rough time. You know, there's there's that campaign, it's okay to not be okay. You know, we literally have to have a marketing campaign now to tell us that it's okay to not be okay. Because somehow, somehow over time we've learned that not being okay is not okay. And that's not true it's okay to not be okay in fact it's not just okay it is a normal human response to not be okay we live in a world where people can profit on selling things to you so that you can be okay teach yourself how to be okay find the answer in a book even a Christian book rather than just presenting our petitions and our prayers to God. And in Psalm 13, uh, to be quite honest, I could have picked a number of different psalms, but this one was a little bit shorter and a bit easier for us to go through. But they say that a third of the psalms, at least a third of the psalms, some say even half of the psalms, are laments in themselves. There's a lot of amazing things in Psalms, but a lot of what's written in the Psalms are also laments to God. But there is a pattern that you can see in all of them. And so the practice of lamenting comes down to a few different things. The first one is that we have to turn to God, we have to turn to God. We can't turn to it ourselves. We can't turn to our friends and family. We have to turn to God for peace. We should turn to our friends and family for support. I don't want to get that wrong. Of course, we need people around us. But if we are going to find peace, we have to find that in God. Psalm 13 was written by David to God not to his friends and you know what's difficult about our friends and family people who love us is that not only have we become uncomfortable with being uncomfortable but actually we're really uncomfortable with seeing other people being uncomfortable right have you ever sat with someone who is just so distraught about what's going on and you just want to help them and and fix their problem and give them answers and you know it's so hard to see people go through despair we want to help them and help them find understanding but actually a lot of the times the best thing you can do for that person is to just sit and be there and be still and and just lament with them and just get it out i said this to um i think we were talking about it at grow group actually i remember um my grandfather's funeral Um, And they're, you know, Spanish, Europeans. This was about 15, 20 years ago. And I remember at that funeral, my grandma, who was always happy. She was a jolly woman, you know. She was always laughing and making jokes. I remember being at my my grandfather's funeral and the, the process before that of being at the funeral home. She was just wailing. So loud and so, like... It, it just—it was just, she couldn't stop it. It was just pouring out of her. And I remember she would go through these waves of like emotion and it would just be from gentle sobbing to loud wailing. And it reminded me of the Bible when they talk about tearing their clothes and gnashing their teeth. You know, that was the picture I had of her. And for 12 months, and I know this is very traditional, and, but for 12 months to the day she wore nothing but black. Nothing but black. And on the first day of the next year, she bought herself this celebration, flowery, you know, bright dress that she wore proudly, and she got on with her life. But for 12 months, she lamented. And she wore black as a reminder that she was lamenting. I don't know if that's healthy or not, but to me, I feel like that is the essence of giving yourself permission to wail and to lament and to not move on too quick because the answer isn't important. The heartache and the pain that we feel and the loss, that's what's important to God and that's what he wants us to turn to him with. Bring that to God. And the second thing is, like I was just saying, is to be honest and open with him, to tell God how you're feeling. You know, that first two verses, How long, Lord, will you you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? I know there are people that would be uncomfortable of the thought of speaking to God in such a bold and blunt way because we sometimes feel as Christians we should be thankful and we should rejoice and you know we should always be happy because Jesus died on the cross and that's true but we're human God knows we God made us the way that we are we have to be open and honest with God about how we're feeling and the third thing is we should ask for what we want we should present our petitions and our prayers we should not be afraid to ask God for what it is that we want. And it says in verse 3 and 4, Look on me and answer, my Lord. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death, and my enemy will say I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fail. Look on me and answer, Lord. Give light to my eyes. Now, of course, we can ask God for anything. We may not get it. We can ask him for a million bucks or... We can ask you know, people to be healed or you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I'm not saying that just because we ask, we'll always get it. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't petition God for what we feel is important to us. And of course, I'm sure God probably knows our heart, but there's something about verbally expressing your pain and anguish and your petitions to God that is somehow soothing in itself to get it out, to unburden yourself with it and to petition it to God. And the last thing is, and probably the most important thing, is to trust him. You know, trust is a choice. It is. It may not always feel like that, but choosing to trust is a step of faith. In itself and when we choose to trust above our own understanding what we're doing is we're trusting in the will of God and knowing that his will be done just like Jesus prayed rather than our will be done and we're trusting that God is in control because he has he will again and I'm sure that all of you have got experiences of lamenting, but I'm equally sure that there have been times in your life that you can look back and know that God was was there, that God was part of that situation, that God orchestrated it, that God brought you through, that God answered a prayer, that God healed a person or healed a relationship, that God has done before and so he will again. But the power in that is to recognise that because he has before, he will again, but we're here in the middle and that's okay. It says the last two verses, but, and even though that's one word, it's so powerful that word but, and it talks about that because he has, he will again. And Ben mentioned this earlier about that other message. You know, we get consume, consumed with the what if and that causes us anxiety but really we should be we should be saying to ourselves even if even if things don't work out the way that i hope they will i know that god is above all things and in all things and in control but i trust in your unfailing love my heart rejoices in your salvation i will sing the lord's praises For he has been good to me. All of these statements that he is making there. I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. Because he has been, he will be in the future. And that is the process of allowing ourselves to lament, to grieve to be sad, to petition God for what we want him to answer our prayers for, to not rush through the process of being healed, to just sit, be still, know that I am God. I couldn't tell you how many times someone had given me that same scripture in the past six years. And I thought, yep, that's great. But I did not understand Being still is so uncomfortable for me. And I think if I can share from my own experience, maybe some of you can relate to this. Trusting God to handle situations in our life is so difficult because maybe in life we have learnt that you can only rely on yourself. That people will let you down. People will hurt you. Things don't always work the way that you want them to. I remember growing up as a kid, my mum, you know, with good intentions, would always say, you can't trust anybody. You've got to do it for yourself. If you want something, go and get it yourself. And that's that's a good attitude to have in a lot of situations in life, but not when you're trying to replace God with your own work. Because it just doesn't work. Mark Rogop, this preacher who was one of the few that I found, had written some really excellent things about lamenting. And Mark and his wife were expecting their first baby. And I think it was three days before her due date, his wife woke up at one o'clock in the morning And felt like there was something not right. And so she sat up all night praying. Asking God. Trying to find understanding and purpose. And then finally at five o'clock in the morning. She wakes him up. They go to hospital. And they'd lost the baby. And she had to go through this process of delivering the stillborn baby three days before their due date. I have never, ever had to deal with pain or heartache like that. I couldn't begin to imagine what they would have gone through. But to hear their story and for him to say this, this is his quote, confidence in God's trustworthiness is the destination for all laments. Lament, be sad, be upset, cry out to God, ask him, why have you forsaken me? But lamenting is a process that should always lead us back to the hope of God, to hope in God and in God's plan. And even if we can't find purpose, even if we can't find understanding, we can always rest on knowing that God is in control. And I don't know what God's purpose is in situations like that. I could not even imagine. And sometimes we also, you know, want to find purpose even in God. That it's not some it's that God does these things in our lives. They just happen in the world that we live in. But knowing that God's trustworthiness is the one thing that we can pin our hopes on and the one thing that we should never forget, that's the purpose of lamenting. And God gives us permission to go through this process. It's not even permission, God requires us and gives us access to Him to lament, to cry out, to be angry, to be upset to not feel the pressure of needing to be happy and rejoice all the time because we're human. And I know a lot of us have struggled with situations in life that don't make sense and seem so unfair. And obviously, I cannot give you the answer. But the point of it is not to find the answer, but to trust God and to allow his peace that transcends all understanding to wash over us and to give us confidence that his will be done in the future. And I can only say from my own point of view, you know, it has been a, a short period of time, maybe a couple of months, you know, since deleting the app and you know going back to trusting God. I I can't tell you how much less anxious. And how much better, I don't, I don't even know the, the right way to describe it. I can't tell you the relief I feel in knowing that I'm not in control of my own life. I can't tell you how much pressure has been taken off of me to be able to just sit and rest in God's peace and have given up the need, consciously, deliberately, given up the need to understand what my future holds and I've put that in the hands of God and just trusted that because he has always looked after me in the past he will in the future and so when he wants me to move on I'm sure it'll be obvious but I'm making a conscious decision to stay exactly where I am and be still and know that God is God so that his will can be done in my life let's pray Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you that you know us intimately. Thank you that you know the things that hurt us, all of the past pains and disappointments, the grief and loss that we have suffered in our lives, Lord. We know that you know how we are feeling. And we thank you, Lord, that you don't expect us to be walking around like happy robots all the time. That you want to hear our prayers and our petitions. You want us to lament to you, to be open and honest about how we were feeling and to be free to get that out. And that lamenting is not a sign of weakness, but in fact, it's a sign of strength in our relationship and faith in you. And We just thank you, Lord, that you paved the way and set the example for us. That even you lamented at the cross, And that we have a free and open invitation to do the same in our life. We just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.